Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm glad that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to it. I certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. If you want to know more about us, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can find out more about us. There's a prayer list there. If you're a prayer warrior, and then, you know, I got an email here from a listener a couple weeks back saying that, you know, they, uh, they go there and they check it, but it really doesn't change a whole lot. And that's true. It does not change a whole lot. We don't get tons of prayer requests, but when we do, they're usually from a foreign country, uh, 70% of them. So I'm guessing, yeah, and this is just a guess, that some of those people had to go to an internet cafe where they had to pay to get on the internet, pay to send us that email, and pay to, to download everything. And so it's probably quite a quite an ordeal. If you've never been to a third world country where the internet's really not in every home like it is in the Western Hemisphere, that uh, it's really hard to understand that. But I would encourage you to, to pray for these people that have made an honest effort to ask for prayers from our listeners and we here we pray for our listeners every day we pray especially for the persecuted church and hope and pray that God is helping you and encouraging you and protecting you in ways that we honestly don't always know how to pray for but we do pray for the persecuted church around the world that includes those who are persecuted in the United States and Canada we're more and more we're being told what we can and cannot preach on and that's really a sad thing most people do not relate to that and don't think it will ever come to effect but i I, i'm reading more and more stories uh, different christian magazines and web pages that there are just some topics uh, that you can't talk about in some communities we had i think it was houston texas here a couple years ago where the mayor threatened to subpoena everybody's notes and records of all the pastors uh, what they preached on on certain topics and she thought it was hate speech and she's going to throw you in jail or fine you or, or whatever so it is here it's just not talked a lot about in the in the national news and of course uh, the mainstream media that's what i call the national news the mainstream media it does not talk about the persecution of Christians in Africa, on the continent of Africa. They're, it's just horrible what some of those people are going through as Christians. And I have read that uh, more Christians are being persecuted and put to death today than they were in the time of Rome in, in the first century. And so uh, that's pretty interesting stat, in my opinion. And, you know, I, most of that information I just I gave to you, part of that I read, uh, if not most of it, off of um, the Martyrs webpage. That they, there is one, their Voice of the Martyrs, excuse me. And I get their publication and I read it. And so uh, they're very interesting uh, articles. And so we're going to talk today about a nation without a king, a nation without a king. And more and more... You know, I, I wonder about many nations around the world, what kind of leadership do they have or not have? Uh, is it just pure evil? 
Uh, is it every man for himself? Uh, well, we have an election today, and, and if I win, I'm going to throw everybody out, throw them in prison, or we hang them or shoot them. You know, I, growing up, I always thought uh, that was not necessarily a real thing, but apparently it is. Communist countries, socialist countries, and whatnot uh, seem to do that. And, of course, nations that are not Christian-based, I, I would guess that's a regular thing, or could be a regular thing. And so, whether people want to be Christian or not, that is their choice. God has given them that freedom to choose or not to choose. But I have found in my travels as a missionary around the world, those nations that allow Christianity to freely uh, be taught, observed, and practiced, worshipped, Generally, they have lower taxes, not always, but usually. It's generally a much more peaceful uh, country. They are more self-governed. And what do I mean by that? People don't want big government. They don't want the government running in their lives and trying to control them every step that they, they have. They want to go to work. They want to provide for themselves and their families. They want peace in their lives. And they don't want the, the stress that uh, a, a ruler or a president or a king, whatever, uh, is the leader, prime minister, uh, and their countries being, uh, being in that position and just taking total advantage of their other people who can't flee the country may not want to flee the country because that's their homeland or that's where they grew up, that's where their family is. But, you know, it really doesn't take very long, for very long, really, while reading or, or watching the news, you can see places in the Middle East, they're, they're a big problem. Uh, they lack stability. And I know people can come up with different reasons why it's that way. But, you know, with no government or, or no leader that stands out that can truly lead people of a nation, in turn, everyone pretty much does whatever they want to do. And when people do whatever they, they want, the laws of that nation, they'll, they're really not being observed by most. And in turn, lawlessness seems to rule. And we're starting to see that more and more here in America where they're burning cities down if they don't get their way type thing. That's lawlessness. There's there's no local leader there to say, hey, we're not putting up with that. You need to stop that. If you don't like it, vote somebody out. Vote somebody in. Uh, write your congressman. That was a famous term when I was growing up. And so, what about in our spiritual lives? So, to me, that's more important. Uh, do we have a leader? You know, Christians, they, they claim they have a leader. Of course, that leader has a name, and his name is Jesus. Uh, he, he is the head of the church, and he's in control of all things, including our own personal lives. We proclaim him king. Uh, we say, Lord, we will worship you, and we will follow you uh, all along. You're it. We say all this, and, and we sing songs, 
you are the Lord of my life and the Lord of the ways, you know, whatever. There's, a, there's I'm trying to think of the song. We, we proclaim him to be king. And we say all of this until we practice what we preach. Do we practice what we really say that we believe? Do our actions speak louder than our words and, and lawlessness appears to rule over us? Or, or do we really follow our own desires, our own greed, our own lust? And so, uh, who is our master? Who is really the king of our lives? Our, our king tells us that we cannot serve two masters. We will be devoted to one and we will despise the other. And I, I would guarantee you, any leader of any country, they want you to listen to the law, whatever he says that is, uh, or she, uh, that uh, you, you need to obey the law or there's consequences. And so, here in the United States, we, we used to hold this claim to be a Christian nation, uh, and I word that that way for a reason, but uh, many people still believe that we are a Christian nation, with such terms as, in God we trust, God bless America, and under one nation, God, okay? One nation under God. I have often asked myself, how would anyone really believe this statement? Because we as a nation place God as a priority at one time. There is no doubt about that. And if you were an atheist and you didn't believe in God, as a Christian nation, we let you believe whatever you wanted to believe. Because we think and believe, and I personally do, that the Bible, the God of the Bible, says you have a right to believe or not to believe. Now, there could be consequences to those actions. And there, and there really will be consequences to those actions. I, I really believe that God has truly blessed this nation and, and a couple others really who focused on Him. We reap the benefits of worshiping our King freely uh, without fears of losing our lives or our land. But I really question if we today as a nation are we really one nation under God. We, we say we have a king, that we believe in him, but we don't really listen to him, do we? Christ is more like the king or queen of England for most Americans. And I know I have some listeners in England. Okay, so the, they're there, it's a figurehead. I mean, that's the view of the American uh, culture. But that's about it, okay? And so he... Jesus is just this figure person that really doesn't have any power to do anything in our lives. And I don't know, I think the Queen of England has a little more weight and power than uh, the people in America might really understand. But he, Jesus, he's he just this figure person with, with no power to do anything in our lives. Oh, he'll come to the rescue when we need him, you know, break glass in case of fire or whatever, that type of thing. Otherwise, we don't need him. We kind of reject him. We throw him off to the side, uh, open only in case of emergency. And if this is true, then do we as a Christian nation really have a king? Now, I'm going to get an email and say, well, we have a president and we elect presidents. Well, yeah, the Electoral College 
actually elects them. But anyway, yeah, we do. We have elections in this country. And so I'm going to be in the Old Testament and for the most part today. And Judges chapter 21, verse 25 says this. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. You know, this sums up, this verse does, many, many things that, that the Israelites thought and believed. If, if they did not have somebody uh, standing in front of them, like Moses or a Joshua, uh, the judges, you know, uh, they quickly forgot about God. They even struggled at times to do what was right in the sight of God, even when Moses was standing in front of them. Uh, there are several times where, like Moses is up on the mountain, he's getting the Ten Commandments, and he comes down and there they are, worshiping an idol. And somebody might say, well, they did not know that. That's not true, because God has already told them the Ten Commandments verbally uh, several chapters before, and they got scared, and they begged Moses to go up to the mountain and talk to God one-on-one. -on -one. And that Moses has gone a very long time, and so they think God has killed him, or he's died, or some unknown reason he's not coming back. And so, you know, in America, we seem to act very much in the same way. We, we have removed the king of kings out of our lives as a nation. When I grew up, uh, public prayer was very acceptable. We, prayer in school uh, was starting to be phased out uh, with Pledge of Allegiance and all that. We don't do any of that stuff anymore in America. The, the motto... And God We Trust became this nation's motto officially in 1956. We came up with the model, uh, the motto, excuse me, according to the U.S. Congress Library, to call upon God to defeat evil communism that threatened our livelihood. Even though the statement could be found as early as the Civil War. As a nation, is it wrong to call on God? Any nation. No, of course not. I, I don't think so, as long as it's done for the right reasons. We should all want to call on Him in good times, as well as those that are not so pretty, not so fun. If we would look at our nation in the 1950s, we would find that the vast majority of the population went to church. Uh, they believed in God Almighty and His deity. Uh, they believed that Jesus was God. He was the Creator. They believed the Bible was 100% active, uh, accurate, excuse me, and today the church is struggling to stay alive in places. Our king's deity and his truths are, are questioned at every turn. Uh, the virgin birth would be an example. That is really questioned really hard, even within some church circles here in America. Uh, this idea about the uh, same-sex marriages and all. God loves everybody. Well, that's a cliche, and, and I know that will upset some people. But that, the Bible says it is a sin, period. Okay? There's many other things that are sexually that are sinful, yes. It, that's one of them that we seem to have just kind of overlooked and legalized. And, you know, years ago, when I was a little boy, I mean... Boy, people living together, were they shacking up or whatever term they might use back then? Well, that was really frowned on very, very hard. 
and today uh, people just live together period and when they get tired of that the relationship they kind of move on or whatever they get out of it it's done and they figure the well's gone dry or whatever they, they move on several years ago about three on the cbs evening news they they were reporting how many church buildings were once overflowing but now are closed and run down is this a picture of what we have become you know they many of those church buildings they were sure showed on the news there uh, that little segment the churches are boarded up Homeless people are break into so they can get out of the weather, uh, drug deals, prostitution, all that's going on in many of these larger cities where the church buildings have been abandoned. In fact, some cities are tearing them down or burning them down or whatever to, to remove them, to try to cut crime down in that area. And, and that's just horribly sad, I, I think. The American Civil Liberties Union has been on... Uh, on a mission for some time now to, to remove God from our buildings, to take his name off of our currency and remove it from the Pledge of Allegiance and so on. The, the list could go on. They even want to sue preachers who talk against them or about them in a negative way. These people are becoming more and more successful in taking God out of the picture than most Christians even realize. See, they, this stuff kind of happens slowly over time. And most people, if you're not watching or paying attention, uh, you don't notice it until it's too late. And that's just kind of how uh, some people operate. Not just a group, but many groups. And so, uh, the most popular recent event that I can think of top of my head, um, without any notes here in front of me, was the removal of the Ten Commandments from a courthouse in Alabama. And that's Probably, I'm going to guess, oh, back in 2010, so over 10 years ago. Uh, there's been other things like that across here. I know they were trying to take it out of courthouses and other places too. Yet, we still hold on to this motto, and God we trust. Uh, the United States kills more of its unborn children without any remorse to the unborn child. And they treat it as a choice and not a child if we have no respect for life in the womb we will have no respect for life at its end in its final courses and days and we're starting to see more and more of that i think it will get a lot worse uh, before people really wake up to that fact when you when you send sick people uh with supposedly with covid and they put them in other nursing homes because the hospitals didn't want them in New York. It's really sad how many people died there. So anyway, that's, that's another topic, and we need to try to stay off that. Our, our children are, are not to have prayer before, before playing high school sporting events. When I was a kid, we always prayed. Uh, usually it was a prayer, not necessarily to win the game. Uh, that was actually kind of rare. But it was more that we'd have a good time, everybody would be safe, nobody would get hurt, and we'd, you know, go, go home. But many judicial courts uh, don't even use the Bible any longer uh, to swear people in, and some of that's probably because most people don't believe in the Bible anymore. It means nothing to them. And so we teach evolution, 
and not creation? We use our so-called Christian beliefs to, to fight the axis of evil in the, in the world, and yet we are being programmed at every turn to believe all religions are equal to ours. That everyone's trying to get to heaven in that old movie, you know, all dogs go to heaven type thing. That all religions are peaceful, and apparently the people who make these claims have never read the Koran, never been into a, a third world country where Christianity is not illegal. There are more worried about the political fallout. They're more worried if they're going to get reelected or not, or who's going to put money into their campaign, or just simply the bottom dollar. Who or what is our nation really worshiping as king? And there could be many, many answers to that question. I don't know how many of you have seen a television commercial. It was several years ago, where three men come together, and I want to say 20 years ago maybe, uh, one's a Catholic priest, one's a Jewish rabbi, and one claiming uh, to represent Islam. And how happy they were together. They're all sitting in the city park and they're playing chess, if I recall correctly. The birds are singing in the background. It's a pretty, pretty picture of equality and a bright, sunny, blue sky of religions. Are we as a nation without a king? Do we as a nation do what is right in our own eyes? We just read that a few minutes ago from Judges chapter 21. Read with me here in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. And most people don't ever really go here. But the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which ha they have done since the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. But they have rejected me for being king over them. You know, God has always claimed to be a king. He is a king. Jesus claims to be a king at his trial in front of Pilate. And in our nation today, are we doing the same thing? What about in our own personal lives? Long before God directed Samuel to anoint Saul as king, God here again, he is claiming the fact that he is king over his people. That he is the ruler. And I personally couldn't think of a better suited king myself. I mean, if you really read the Old Testament, when there's really good kings in Israel, things are very prosperous. Things are very peaceful. There's no war. There seems to be plenty of money and food to go around and so on. But when the evil king comes in and he turns away from God and he lets false worship come in, that's when you see uh, hunger... You see widows and orphans not being taken care of properly. You, you see invading armies coming in, and, and so on. Let's, let's again, look at us on our personal issue, and let's drop this country for now, okay? So in, in verse 8, here is God. He's talking about bringing the people out of Egypt. 
What was going on in Egypt? Well, all of us should know the answer, and for those who do not, uh, the Israelites were slaves. They were, they were held in bondage. What about us prior to our conversion? Before we publicly stated we believed in Jesus and, and we, we claimed that uh, Christian labeled, let's say, before baptism, before you had faith in God at all. You know, we were all slaves to sin. We were not held in, in bondage, per se, like the Israelites who could not free themselves. We could not free ourselves from the bondage of sin and death. All we had to do was cry out for help from the one who could free us. The king has offered all of mankind a way to freedom from their sins. That, that, that's the first door that we, we must walk through. It, if there is a king who claims to do all of this, can give us eternal life, wonderful is his name. And, and, and he has freed us from our sins and our bondage. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God will forgive you and cleanse you from your sin with his precious blood. Romans 6, verses 3 through 6. Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him at his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would no longer be slaves to sin. And that's the NIV version. I know people don't believe that baptism is essential. They don't believe that you need to do it at all. And they argue that Paul never teaches about baptism, but there he just talked about it. Okay? And he doesn't, like the other churches in Corinth and whatnot, Galatia, he actually has to teach them about baptism. But he doesn't have to do that in Rome because they're already practicing it. And so the church is already established in Rome when Paul arrives. Paul tells us, though, here uh, in these verses that we just read in Romans 6, that we are no longer slaves to sin. We have been set free by Christ's death. And through our baptism, this is how we are freed from our bondage. Through his death, his blood, is where we coming in contact with freedom from sin and death. That blood covers our sin. Therefore, we, we need Jesus. We need his death. We need his precious blood. And we need him to be king of our lives. Here is Paul the Apostle 
writing to a young preacher by the name of Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 and 15, I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate, ain't that interesting, that you keep the commandment without stain, without reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, in which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. So do we have to listen to Jesus as king? The short answer is, uh, yes, we do. You know, and standing in front of Pilate, what was the confession that Christ made to Pilate? I mean, it's an interesting conversation that Jesus and Pilate had. It's not a long one, but it is very interesting. You know, Jesus will say, uh, and then verse 14 there, it is as you say. You know, Pilate will ask him, are you a king? And Jesus says, well, yep, I am. It is as you say. But notice here again, verse 14, Paul tells Timothy to keep the commandment of Christ. Paul goes on to say that Christ is king. We who claim to be Christians, we do have a king. And baptism is, is part of the process with the Holy Spirit moving us in our lives. The Word of God touching our hearts and convicting us of our sin and knowing that we really truly need the cleansing blood. We truly need Him to be the leader in our lives. You know, He is the Good Shepherd. Uh, he is the King. He is God. He is our Creator. And He's always been a King. Just clear back in Samuel where we read, He's always been a king. He's always claimed to be a king. And as with most, most kings, he has laws or, or commandments. And we're to follow those commandments or those laws by everyone who's in the kingdom of God. Or, or have we become or do we become like the Israelites? You know, being freed from our captivity, but yet to return to serve other gods and what is right in our own eye. As Jesus, as king, he will rule his kingdom and he will be its judge. I mean, if you read uh, the Old Testament, the king that was part of his role was, was judging the people. Okay, I don't know that he necessarily judged every King David, for example, of every case, but he did judge. And whatever he said was law. And nobody could change it, including David. And that's exactly the way it is with Jesus. Jesus cannot change the law. The law is the law. You know, we, we have a free choice that we all have to make. Riding this fence and on this issue and saying, well, I don't believe or I don't wish to follow. or You know, part of it sounds good, but not all of it. Uh, riding on the fence... It's not, it's not what we are to do as Christians. I mean, Jesus would say in the book of Revelation to, the, to one of the churches there, I wish you were hot or cold, but you're neither, so I'm going to spit you out, out of my mouth. In other words, they're riding the fence. 
They're trying to make up their their mind what to do or not to do. Listen to the psalmist here, and we're, we'll close the podcast out. Psalms 149, the first four verses. Psalm 149. I praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Today we would call that the church, the assembly of the church. Let Israel rejoice in their master, their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people and he crowns the humble with salvation. As a nation, where are we standing? We have a king who died to give us freedom for all eternity. I don't know about you, but that would be the choice I would want. If you're having troubles and you're struggling, open your Bibles and read it and pray and ask. Find a local group of people who are worshiping God completely. And they're not just hanging on one topic. They're not just... They only have four or five verses, and they just continue to preach those over and over again. Because I've been around those kind of groups, and you don't grow. You don't learn anything in the long run uh, once you've kind of absorbed whatever that is that they're te- teaching, and it, it means nothing. You've already heard it. It's kind of like uh, trying to go back and learn what's one plus one. Okay? Most of us, we don't need to go to school for that. We already know that. We are expected as Christians in the kingdom of God to continue to grow and understand God better and better. He wants that. He wants that intimate relationship with all of us. And we, in turn, should want that with Him. I, again, I, I hope that, that you would repent of your sins, ask God for forgiveness, find the Word of God. And you need help, I would do my best. I can't promise you major things, obviously. There's people from all around the world. But I would do my best to point you to the right direction and find somebody locally that might be able to help you. If I can't find anybody locally, I will just be honest with you. I'll tell you in an email. I'll respond back and tell you. I truly believe if you're really searching, if this is why you're listening, that God will send somebody to help you. It may not be this very, very second, but he will. I mean, look uh, at the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts. He is searching. He is reading. He is trying to to study the word of God, and here comes Philip. And he's amazed that Philip knows what this prophecy from Isaiah means. And, and, and he points to Jesus. He says, it's been fulfilled. That prophecy has been fulfilled. Let me tell you about Jesus. And that's what we need to do as Christians. Well, I probably rambled on a lot. I hope and pray that you'll return to us next week, that Christ has been glorified. You have been edified. And if you have questions, we get lots of positive feedback. We love that. It encourages us. Uh, We thank you for those who uh, support us through prayer. Uh, who email us and tell us they're supporting us in prayer to keep up, keep doing what we're doing. And uh, we've had some financial support uh, from time to time, and 
we are so thankful because that really helps us uh, here as we are uh, we are totally dependent on somebody helping us we are not sponsored by any church no denominations uh, we are just simply trying to put out the Word of God to the best of our knowledge and abilities and certainly hope that we'll be able to continue to do so again thank you for listening make sure you hit that like button and follow us on whatever uh, format that you listen to us on so you get alerts and our text messages or whatever however it works with you uh, that we have released our weekly podcast it is our hope and prayer that maybe someday we would have the time and the resources uh, to put out more podcasts per week so that is a request and a prayer from our listeners to pray about that again thank you for listening may god bless you and may he have the glory